Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest today is Emma Bourquet, founder of Girl Got Faith. Emma Bourquet, welcome to Facing the Canon. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to have you. Emma, fascinating uh, story of how you came to faith. You were born into a Christian family, but around the age of seven, tell us what happened. Yeah, so I was born into a Christian family. We would go to church every Sunday, youth group every Friday. It was kind of just the norm of life. That was our way of life. But yeah, around the age of seven, I decided I wanted to make the commitment to follow Jesus for myself. Um, So my parents had always kind of reiterated to us that your faith is something that you choose. That it's a personal relationship with God. It's not something you're born into. So we were always kind of taught that you explore it for yourself and you make that choice for yourself. So at the age of seven, I thought, yeah, this is the choice I want to make. And was that following a movie that you saw? Yes, it was was oh great research <laughs> i can't even remember what the film was called now do you know but, but, but <laughs> something stirred you and yes. that was the the tipping point or maybe you had a little epiphany yeah it literally was that so yeah we had watched the film as a family i can't remember what the film was there was a lion in it like all good christian films and it made me then feel like yeah this is what i want to live for. This is the choice that I want to make. And I felt that I understood enough at that time to make that choice for myself. So yeah, I just became a Christian, sat in my bedroom, on my bed, said a prayer with my mum. And that was it for me. But later on in your teenage years, you got baptised. You invited all of your friends to come. Yeah. How was that? It was brilliant. So yeah, I was 15 when I got baptised. And I think it's quite a significant age in terms of the position that you're in with your friendships, trying to be really cool, trying to kind of, I guess, really make yourself stand out as like who you want to be and set the tone for who you want your friends to see you as. Um, So it was actually quite a hard thing to invite all my friends to come to church and see me get baptized because a lot of them didn't understand baptism. They thought it was a christening. So they were like, why are you getting baptized when you're old (laughs) aren't you meant to do that when you're a baby Um, but they all came and they loved it we had a party at my house afterwards and it was brilliant and actually off the back of that a few of my friends started coming to church as well with me Um, and one of them she's still in church now she's a Christian she's a youth leader and yeah it's like incredible how those small kind of invitations that came through my teen years wonderful but then you struggled a little bit with faith and there's a lovely story where you thought oh, well, maybe if I stop being a Christian and uh, become a prodigal daughter and then come back, I'll have a better testimony. So what was the outcome of that? Yeah, so somebody said to me, oh, do you want to share your testimony? And I remember thinking, well, I don't have one of those. I don't have one of those cool stories. Because growing up in church, I'd heard testimonies all the time of incredible stories of someone who is in prison and God's come and met them or they're on a mountaintop and the angel of the Lord appears to them. And I just thought that's what a testimony was. And I just felt like my story wasn't interesting enough to ever be shared, that a seven-year-old becoming a Christian on her bed wasn't really enough. So I thought, well, maybe I just need to go and experience more of life. Maybe I need to do a few bad things, maybe. But I realized that actually my testimony is one of God walking with me through life, through the ups and downs, through the phases, the hairstyles, the breakups, the friendships, whatever it is. God has actually been a really faithful friend and a loving father to me. And that's my testimony now. So I'm glad that I didn't 
take the choice of being a prodigal <laughs> and I stayed the path although it was difficult at times but yeah I'm glad I did and and you do have a testimony yes exactly and, and it's important that all of us have a story to tell yeah and um, no doubt now as a mother you've got a son Ezra who's two and a half you just yeah. want him to grow uh, in the words of um, when Jesus that story when he got lost mm -hmm. and then it says he went back with his mother his stepfather and he grew in favor with God yes. and in and in favor with people so that's really I'm sh assuming that's what you want for Ezra oh, 100% <laughs> I would love that for him <laughs> isn't it Emma you're very passionate about teenagers and young people and how to help them in their faith and in life and you set up a ministry called Girl Got Faith. Let's start with the title. How did you come up with Girl Got Faith? Do you know what? So it was actually a friend of mine who was working for a magazine at the time and she asked me to be a part of this article feature that she was doing and it was called Girl Got Faith and it was interviewing different women who were doing different things but they had faith and that was fueling their decisions, that was fueling their life and in the end the article actually didn't get published, it didn't get commissioned um, and then I had had all the ideas for Girl Got Faith but I had absolutely no name for it and I thought of all these random names that <laughs> just were not good. <laughs> and then I remember speaking to her and I asked and I said, do you mind if I use that name for this idea that I've got? And she was like, please, please use it. That would be brilliant. And she's been an incredible support of Girl Got Faith ever since the very beginning, praying over it and supporting me in it. So, yeah, she was actually the one that came up with it. Wow. So, go on. What is Girl Got Faith? So it's the Teen Girl's Guide to a Faith-Filled Life. So it's basically just inviting conversation, discussion, exploring faith, identity and purpose. Um, just giving opportunity for young people to find content online that is easy to understand, that is easy to consume and um, just can help them navigate those questions that they might have about faith. Because I think I had a lot of questions when I was a teenager and really wanted to establish that my faith was my own and that I had chosen this for myself and I knew why I believed what I believed. Um, but there often wasn't really anything that was helping me understand that. There was a lot of resources for, I guess, young women who were maybe more in their 20s and 30s or children. But it just felt like there wasn't really much for that kind of middle teenage age group. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to create Girl Got Faith as a resource for teenagers who are exploring faith in those really um, special years of your life when you're navigating so much and defining so much about yourself. So today, Emma, tell us what are the kind of questions that many teenagers are asking and what are the issues that they're struggling with? There's a lot of issues. <laughs> There's a lot of issues that teenagers are facing. And I think like with any generation, there are different issues for every generation. But I remember just recently, it was actually last week, um, I heard a statistic from Young Minds UK that said there has been a phenomenal rise in the amount of young people under 18 being referred to mental health services. And um, there's been a 134% increase, I think, year on year, which is just astounding figures. We shouldn't have that many young people being referred to mental health services and needing mental health support, but 
it's what they're going through. It's the reality of their situations. And I think young people are struggling with identity, with self-worth, with um, all different sorts of mental health issues from anxiety to eating disorders, depression. There is so much that the young generation are facing um, that is hard to, I guess, sum up in a few questions. But sure. yeah, I think there's a lot that they're going through. And why do you think that we're seeing such an increase in those areas? I'm not sure. I think there's multiple reasons and I think everybody always wants to know why. So is it because of social media or is it because of the pandemic or is it because the curriculum has meant there's less time for self-reflection and it's too intense now or whatever it is. But I think with every generation, there's issues. They've Every generation has their own things to deal with. Um, and I think we're seeing it more and more now, probably as well more because we're talking about it more, that more people are understanding and able to self-identify um, some issues that they're facing and be able to put words to it and know what it is. Um, but I think it's a combination of everything, really. I think the world that we live in today is very saturated with information that can be hard to um really work out how to understand as a young person and understand your place in the world. And there's a lot of pressure on wanting to know who you are and what you're here for. Um, and that can just be really overwhelming at a young age. So I think there's so many reasons that young people are facing so many issues these days. But with many of these issues, and I think for parents, Emma, it is a struggle, isn't it? Because most parents are struggling with knowing what the best thing to do with, say, a, a teenager who is struggling with eating disorders? I mean, what, what, what should the response of a parent be? Yeah, I think I was actually thinking about this on the way here in terms of sometimes I look at Girl Got Faith and I think we're not doing enough or we need to do more. We need to respond more holistically to all the issues. But actually, I think sometimes it's the simple words, the simple truths that we feel like are maybe overdone, such as you are really loved, you matter, you are valued. Those kind of truths that need to be reiterated over our young people time and time again. We just got to not get tired of saying those things. And I think we can look at the issues and think, well, there's way too much going on. I don't know where I could start with helping a young person or speaking to my daughter or my son or my child who's going through something. I don't know where to begin. I'm not a mental health expert or whatever it is that they may feel, but actually there's something you can contribute, whether that is a positive word, whether that's an affirmation and showing them that they're valued and they matter because actually the world is screaming at them that they're not enough and that they don't matter and that they're replaceable and that somebody's better than them all the time. They're seeing it on social media time and time again. So actually those messages and those voices of you matter and you value, you're valued are so important. So I would just encourage parents to continue doing that. So back to mental health, that that's on the rise, that's on the increase. And um, how can young people receive the help that they need? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different initiatives going on. I know that um, Young Minds UK, they were setting up some um, early support hubs, basically believing that if young people can get support from the very early stages of 
being um, like trouble, having some troubles or experiencing some down moments, they can actually walk into any of those hubs and say, hey, I'm just not feeling great today. And that's all that it has to be. They don't have to have a referral from their doctor or anything like that. And I think we do need more kind of early intervention. I think with Girl Got Faith, what we do is we try to come from the faith aspect of helping young people understand who they are, what they're here for, that they've got purpose, that they've got value, and also understanding why they believe what they believe. Because I think having a strong sense of belief and um, conviction, knowing why you believe that and why you chose that is actually associated with high self-esteem. And when you feel like you question your beliefs or you question your core, that can result in low self-esteem because you're not really sure why you're doing what you're doing or you're saying what you're saying. So we just want to encourage young people to be confident in what they believe and um, what they know to be true of God. And I, I really do like, you know, girl got faith and the emphasis of faith. So how does that work out through your ministry? How do you engage with them to encourage them to engage with God? Yeah, so we do multiple things. So one of the things is on social media, every single day at 7.30 a.m., we'll post either a scripture or an encouraging word. And that is, like what I said, in terms of just wanting to speak life over young people, they're going to be on social media all day sometimes. So if that's the first thing that they see in the morning as they're walking through the school gates on their phone or on the bus, then I'm glad that it's a scripture or something encouraging to speak over them that day. So that's what we do online. It's really simple. And then on, we've got an online magazine where we share articles and interviews. And similarly in the book, um, Discovering You, we share um, articles and interviews there and different explorations of faith and creating space for young people to make these discoveries about identity and faith for themselves. Um, we've got a schools program where we deliver sessions on self-esteem, body image, social media, all of those kind of things. And we actually just created a course that's a six-week course accompaniment to the book, um, which can help youth groups and just small groups in general to go through the themes of the book together and discuss it and just create more spaces for young people to have time to reflect and think about what they believe and who they are. And the book is Discovering You. So tell me about the title. Yeah, so I think we the the book is actually really simple in terms of its structure. Of it's not got chapters; it's just got three main sections, which are in, up, and out. And when we were looking at what all of those sections were about, we realised all of them were just a discovery. It was discovering your identity, discovering who God is, and then discovering what that means for your future, what that means for your life. So it's discovering you, as in discovering yourself, but discovering you, as in discovering God as well. So yeah. So discovering your identity, mm-hmm. how how can we all discover that? I think we all have an identity. We've all been given an identity from God. Um, we're valued, we're loved, we're chosen, we are here for a purpose. Um, but I think often we're a bit misguided in our identity and we can just take whatever the world tells us our identity should be based on where we're born or what we look like or whatever it may be. But actually you've got a core identity that is from God. So I think um, going to God and understanding and reading the Bible and seeing what God says about you and 
believing those words to be true. And if there are words that you don't believe to be true about your identity, that's absolutely fine. Speak to God about them, grapple with them, try and understand those words more. We've got a list in there of, I don't even know, maybe 30 or 40 identity words that are from the Bible that are saying who you are. And we encourage the young people who are reading the book that if there's any of those words that they don't understand or don't believe to be true, to explore them for themselves and get to a place of that maybe they will never feel like that was their identity, but allowing themselves space to ask the questions and wonder, why would God say that about me? Absolutely. And and we know this, don't we, Emma, that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Amen. And sadly, so many of us have been overloaded with lies. And we know who Jesus said the father of lies is the devil. So there's a real spiritual battle Mm -hmm. taking place with today's generation. Yeah, definitely. I think so much of our identity hinges as well on what other people have said about us or even one unkind word from somebody saying, oh, you're not good at that. That can become part of your identity. Oh, I'm just not good at those things. And we see it in the Bible. I love the story of Gideon because he says to God when God is calling him to save the Israelites from the Midianites, God calls him and says, mighty warrior. And Gideon responds and says, I'm the weakest and the least. I'm from the weakest clan. Um, I I am the least in my generation. And you just think, wow, he really didn't have a good view of himself. He had not (laughs) a a great self-image. And it's like, I wonder who told him that? Who told him he was the weakest and the least? How did he make that a part of his identity? But God actually worked with Gideon on his identity. And he went on to be known as one of the greatest judges that there ever were over Israel. And I just think, wow, God really cares about us knowing who we are. God really cares about that. And he wants us to know that we are mighty. We are warriors. We are righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. So, yeah. So with Gideon, what Uh do you think was the thing that released him from this low self-image to believing what God said about him? I think it was knowing that God was with him. Because when Gideon said, I'm the weakest and I'm the least, God didn't say, oh, no, you're not, you're really strong, or you've got a great diet, or he didn't say any of that stuff to him. God just said to him, I'll be with you. And it was Gideon believing that God was actually with him that led him to have a better view of himself and a better self-esteem and more strength and courage in who he was, courage to step out and do what God was calling him to do. So that's why I think we look at identity first in the book, and then we look at who God is and our relationship with him. Because actually, I believe our identity is so firmly rooted in how we see God and the view that we have of God. And if we can trust God with our lives and know that he loves us, wants the best for us, then we really can literally do anything. (laughs) Absolutely. So we, we need to communicate the truth of God to everyone, including today's generation Mm -hmm. who haven't heard it. And there are less, today, I think people are unaware of that truth. Mm. What about churches, Emma? What should churches be doing to help respond to the issues that young people are facing today? Yeah, I think one of the easiest things, well, I say easy, but it might not be that easy. (laughs) But one of the easiest things, in my opinion, is that churches can create more space for young people to have opportunities to explore their questions and to even have space for reflection. I think if you look at the average young person's life today, there isn't actually much space for self-reflection and thought and 
space to ask questions. The curriculum is absolutely jam-packed. There's there's really high expectations on young people. They're socializing with their friends and then when they come home they're socializing on social media or they're with their families or there's not really much space to think. And I think actually so much of our identity and understanding who we are in our relationship with God, it takes time actually. It takes space away from the noise of everything and all the other things that are going on in the world. So I think if churches have opportunities to even create an evening a week or not even a week, a month or whatever it may be, a small group or just opportunities for young people to be valued and know that they can ask their questions and they've got space to explore, I think would be so valuable. And what advice would you give to parents to help communicate the truth of God to their children? Yeah, I think I I liked the way my mum did it, <laughs> which is she always encouraged us that, like I said before, that your faith is a decision that you make for yourself, that it's your own personal relationship with God. So she was never really a helicopter parent over my faith in terms of like, make sure you come to church, make sure you're reading your Bible, da, da, da. But I would see her live it out. I would come downstairs in the morning to have my breakfast and she'd be sat there in her chair reading her Bible and praying. And she didn't turn around and say to me, oh, what have you read today? She wasn't forcing me. She wasn't pushing me but I saw it through her life and I saw how that impacted the way that she lived and the way that she had grace for people the way that she invited people into our home and lived a life that was truly deeply joyful and I just think that really inspired and encouraged me and I would love to be a parent like that that can show my faith through the way that I live not necessarily forcing my children to do what I think they should be doing but I think we have such hopes for our children and it can be really difficult if you see your child going off track or really really struggling but I think just constantly trying to be that good example and constantly speaking truth and life over them even if they don't want to hear it just saying do you know what you're so beautiful you're so amazing you're so lovely and just those simple words that are just life-changing for young people and what 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 about a teenager who's obnoxious who's just disruptive who's abusive what do you say to them do you say to them you're lovable yeah you're adorable yeah i think but i don't like the way you're acting yeah i think everything comes from somewhere every behavior has got a root hasn't it everybody's experienced things everybody's gone through difficulties that are impacting the way that they're behaving in the world and sometimes i just think a harsh hand and a harsh word isn't gonna um give that young person what they're crying out for. They're crying out for attention. They're crying out to be valued, to be loved. Um, So yeah, I think continuing with the message, it doesn't mean you don't ever correct someone or you don't ever redirect someone who is maybe being harmful to others, especially. Um, But I think there's always space for more grace and more love. I know, but as parents, it's um, a struggle. And I think many parents feel that uh, they haven't been what they should be Mm. and probably disappointed with themselves. I think by the time we get the hang of parenting, our children have left home. (laughs) (laughs) And I suppose parents, all parents need a bit of encouragement, don't they? Definitely. That they're doing their best. Yeah, we're all doing our best. And ultimately, we're all children of God. So your child is your child, but your child is God. So like, also you can leave them in God's hands and say, God, help me and help them. (laughs) I do. I think your resources, just remind us again of the type of resources that you've got. 
Yeah, so the new one that we've got coming out is the six-week course that is an accompaniment to the book, and that will be a group resource, so they can go through the themes of the book together. Um, and then we've got YouTube videos, we've got online magazine content, articles, stuff like that. So all of our stuff can be found online on Instagram, on our website, on YouTube. So. And tell us, Emma, what 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 are your aspirations and your heart desire for your own son? For my son, oh, as wow. he grows up in this world where there's a lot of mm -hmm. darkness, conflict, yeah. uh, all of this, yeah. you're aware of a lot of that. Yeah. So, what what's your hopes for for your dear son Ezra? Yeah, I want Ezra to grow up being confident of who he who he's been created to be. I want him to know that he's got purpose, that he's here for a reason, and I want him to have confidence in the choices that he makes and. Um, hopefully having a faith in God and a real deep love for God because I know how beneficial that's been for my life and guiding me and just being the compass for everything that I've done. So yeah, I would just, I would love for Ezra to just grow up as a really confident, honourable, amazing young man. <laughs> Amen. Would you, Emma, just speak to the young people who, that are tuned in from all over the world? Yeah. You're aware of a lot of the issues that they are facing. What would you say to them? Um, I would say that I think there is a lot going on in the world right now. There is a lot that you're facing every single day. And I know that can be extremely tough, but I want you to know that you are here for a reason, that you are full of purpose, that you are full of value, and you've got time and you've got space to explore that for yourself. So take that time, take that space. Don't rush. You don't need to rush the decisions that you make in life. You can take time and speak to the people that are around you, that are close to you, that you trust and allow them to be a part of your journey because we don't do this life alone. We should do it together in community. So reach out to people that love you and that you love. And Emma, for those that are hurting, would you pray for them? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Lord God, I just lift up anybody to you right now who is watching this that is um, feeling any sense of heartache um, and pain from whatever may have happened in their life. There are so many different things that um, people experience and God, you see it all and you are with us. Oh God, I just pray for healing to take place in hearts and souls. Oh God, I pray for people to um, draw closer to you in their pain. God, we thank you that you always are there. You always want to draw near to us and all we need to do is draw near to you. So I just thank you, God, that you are always available to us, that we just need to step in and step towards you and we'll feel the loving embrace of you who is our father. So I just pray, God, that every single person right now will Will know the sense of a loving father right now as I'm praying God that they will feel their heart softened God that they will feel the warmth of you as a loving father a faithful friend thank you father God that that is who you are amen 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 thank you Emma for that yeah lovely prayer what are your hopes for the future Emma um, so for Girl Got Faith, I think my hope would be that it is the go-to platform for teenage girls, whether they're exploring faith or actively in church, so that they can think, oh, I've got a question about this. I wonder if I could just search that on Google and put Girl Got Faith in the end, I'll find an answer. Um, so yeah, I would love for Girl Got Faith to be that in the future. Well, I, I really respect you very much, Emma. I've... Uh, 
read your book, and I learned a lot. Did you? Yeah, I learned a lot. <laughs> it, it kind of、uh, illuminated certain things that I was aware of, but probably didn't know how to articulate. And、um, very informative,、uh, very clear, and、um, very helpful. I mean, I found it like a. A healing book, really, and I I think your resources on your website、uh, are excellent. And you know, my prayer is that、uh, that prayer of Jabez that the Lord will bless you indeed, that He would widen your influence, that God's hand would be upon you, and that He protect you and your family from harm. So、Amen. that's my prayer for you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Pleasure. Thank you, Emma, for joining us on Facing the Canon. Thank you. Wow! I hope you enjoyed that.、Um, how wonderful to have somebody young like Emma, who's really sold out for God, endeavouring to do what she can with the passion and the compassion that God has put in her heart for today's generation. I hope it's inspired you. I hope it's encouraged you. Do look at her resources. Do look at her website. Thank you for joining us on Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. If you could ask God anything, what would you ask? Life is full of big questions. In his brand new book, "Will I Be Fat in Heaven?" and other curious questions, J. John answers 38 questions that we ask about God, the Bible, the world, and everything in between. How can God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit be one? Why do we believe the Bible is true? Will we recognize family and friends in heaven? And life's ultimate question: Does God care about me? Get your copy now at canonjjohn.com.